You're listening to the Brooks Snow Podcast, conversations to help you look forward with faith. Faith in yourself, faith in God, and faith in your own mission and purpose. I'm your host, Brooks Snow. You have Season 2, Episode 50, Next Level Identity. Welcome to Season 2 of the Brooks Snow Podcast. This season is breaking from tradition in an exciting way. After some lovely negotiation, I received permission from my publisher to publish the audio of my book, Living in Your True Identity, Discover, Embrace, and Develop Your Own Divine Nature as podcast episodes. Now, right now, this is a tentative experiment, and these episodes may not always be here, so I encourage you to listen while you can. My book is some of my best work, and while I do love my regular podcasts, they really are a random selection of topics. The book, however, moves progressively, continually building upon a theme and leading you through a process. Each week, I will release a new chapter. If you like what you hear, please consider purchasing the book for yourself or someone you know who would really benefit from the message. You can pick up a hard copy or Kindle version on Amazon, and I'll provide the link for you to do that in the show notes of this episode. Today you have Chapter 10, Next Level Identity. Chapter 10. Unity, next level identity. Is there really that much of a difference between 95% and 100%? I asked my husband. It was the summer of 2017, and the continental United States was about to receive a total solar eclipse from coast to coast, a celestial phenomenon that had not occurred for 99 years. Our hometown was projected to witness a 95% totality of the event. Ben was arguing for traveling two and a half hours by car to witness the eclipse at 100% totality, but I was resisting. Months earlier, the cities in the path of totality had issued emergency preparedness warnings to all residents to gather up food and fuel supplies to last at least two weeks in anticipation of an inpouring of millions of people seeking to view the extraordinary moment. I imagined bumper-to-bumper traffic and other resulting chaos and immediately felt content to stay home. A 95% totality is practically 100, I urged. Let's stay here. Ben wasn't convinced. A week went by, and he presented the idea again only this time with a top-secret travel route that included an hour's drive on a dirt road, bypassing all major cities, and landing us in the unincorporated town of Bone, Idaho, population two. (laughs) I'm sure we'd avoid the traffic and we'd still get in the path of totality, he said, grinning, happy with his grand compromise. I sighed in agreement. On August 21st, 2017, we awoke early and set out on our adventure. The dirt road slowed our travel to less than 35 miles per hour to carefully avoid bumps and holes, and most importantly, one of many Black Angus cows whose grazing territory we were trespassing upon. A billowing cloud of dirt trailed behind our van as we bounced onward through the winding hills and sagebrush. When the dirt road spit us out onto the paved highway cutting through Bone, Idaho, we noticed the population had increased far beyond two. We weren't the only ones who had picked the obscure dot on the map, just among the brave few who navigated through uncharted territory to get there. 
Nonetheless, we drove a mile or so up the road and pulled off to the side to claim our own spot. Miles and miles of wide open space could be seen in every direction. It truly felt like the middle of nowhere. Yet the energy and excitement of fellow seekers setting up camp around us added to the anticipation. We donned our special eclipse glasses and watched the slow travel of the moon passing between the earth and sun to reach a perfect and rare alignment. There really was nothing extraordinary to be seen unless you gazed through the dark protective lenses to reveal the waxing shadow. Once you took the glasses off, it seemed like all was natural in the world, and it was just a typical Monday morning. Until it wasn't. The air suddenly dropped in temperature, the world grew dark, and stars appeared, casting an esoteric glow that seemed unfitting for 11 a.m., A breeze picked up, and seconds before totality struck, a hawk soared in a crazed swoop right above my head, calling out in declaration of the supernatural. For 90 unforgettable seconds, we lived in an alternate dimension of time and space. Words could not describe this moment. The air was thick with a metaphysical energy, and we gasped in absolute awe and wonder, gazing at a dark moon with a ring of fire blazing its edges. And then it was over. No one spoke for several moments, almost too shaken by what we had just experienced. There was absolutely a difference between 95% and 100%. Pulitzer Prize winner Annie Dillard describes her experience seeing a total solar eclipse with these words. I had seen a partial eclipse in 1970. A partial eclipse is very interesting. It bears almost no relation to a total eclipse. Seeing a partial eclipse bears the same relation to seeing a total eclipse as kissing a man does to marrying him or as flying in an airplane does to falling out of an airplane. Although the one experience precedes the other, it in no way prepares you for it. Close quote. Totality is infinitely more fantastic. There is an energizing power that comes from the perfect unison of the cosmos. While a partial eclipse is interesting, a total eclipse is an entirely new level. Next level, identity. Identity has many levels. To begin, we must learn the difference between the false identity and our true identity and nurture our divine nature within. Similar to a total eclipse, the next level comes when we move into total alignment with the Son of God. Just like the moon, we are in our own orbit of flux and progression, at times facing the sun and at times turned away. We wax and we wane. The light we shine to the world is only a reflection from the sun. We shine greatest when we fully face the sun to reflect his light. In his intercessory prayer in Gethsemane, Jesus models this alignment and reflection of God's glory. As he lifts his eyes to heaven saying, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee. I have glorified thee on the earth. And now, O Father, Glorify thou me with thine own self, 
with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. John 17, verses 1, 4, and 5. Jesus is fully facing God the Father in total unity. And then he prays that we may do the same. Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. John 17, 11. To reach our greatest potential, we must be in alignment. We must be one with the Son. This concept of oneness with the divine consistently appears in the practice of yoga, meditation, Buddhism, and many other traditions. It holds transcendent power, the power to transcend the natural man's false identity and fully shine in one's true identity. It is the only way to shine. When you are one, you have complete unity and alignment with the divine. You desire the same things. You see the world through the same lens. Your thoughts are in alignment. Your actions are in alignment. Your life is in alignment. It is a beautiful state of unity and pure love. There's no separation between you and the divine. How can you tell if you are one with God? If you are one, you feel it. You feel pure love for yourself, for your neighbor, and for God. There's no separation. When you pray, there is no barrier between you and the Lord. It does not feel like you're sending off your prayers to a faraway place, hoping he hears you. You know he loves you, and you feel comfortable in his presence. For you must be in his presence to reflect light. The more you turn toward the sun, the more light you shine. Most people feel a degree of separation from God. The graphic above depicts the degree of separation we feel from God according to how true our view is of ourself and him. The more truth that exists in how we see ourselves and how we see the character of God, the closer our connection to him. The more false our view of ourselves and of God, the greater our separation. Think back on any time in your life that you have struggled with your identity. Ask yourself, what was my relationship with God like at this time? Was I separated in any degree from him? When you feel separation from God, you most certainly feel separation in yourself. The two are intricately connected. The false identity separates you from God and separates you from other people. It survives on separateness. Your true identity is naturally connected to God and humanity. The labels and barriers disappear, and you see humanity as your own brothers and sisters. Why? You feel safe. You feel peace, power, capacity, influence, inspiration, vision, courage, fortitude, love, light, and joy in this space. You are empowered from connection. You stop craving the praise and recognition of other people to validate who you are because you no longer feed off separateness. When you take down all the walls of separation, you open yourself up to feeling and experiencing everything on a higher level because the limitations are now gone. Separation is a box. It is just another form of limits and unnecessary boundaries that stifle your experience into being less than it could be. 
fear of the false identity. There's a fear that can exist before the walls of separation come down. It's the dying threat to the false identity. The fear that your separateness is actually what makes you special. That you can only feel important and special if you're separated somehow. The fear that being one with God or being one with your fellow humans will cause you to blend in and lose your individuality. If you have that sneaking fear, let me assure you, nothing could be further from the truth. Oneness does not mean sameness. God wanted us to all be exactly the same. He would have made us that way. Instead, he created an infinite variety in everything. You can be one and still be unique and individual. This is a marvelous dichotomy. In fact, when you are in this place of oneness, you will learn more about your uniqueness than you ever could have in the box of separateness. The walls are down and you can finally see. Opening the door to unity. Each of us waxes and wanes in our unity with God because of opposition from the false identity. At times, fear may prevent us from even desiring unity at all. Such was the case with me. I grew up in the LDS church and have always been an outwardly faithful Christian. Yet, if I were to put myself on the spectrum of connection to God, I would say that I danced the border between seeing a true and false image of myself and God. Prayer often felt disconnected to me, like I was addressing a letter requiring overnight delivery somewhere very far away. Sometimes I sent those letters out of obligation and hoped he wouldn't notice the sloppy writing and repetitive message. Other times, I sent no letters at all. Sometimes, I shamefully hoped he wouldn't notice all the details I omitted regarding what went on that day. And yet, scattered here and there were moments I would get a letter back. Moments I felt inspired. Moments I would catch a flash of understanding in who he was and who I was. By and large, though, I kept what I considered a respectable distance. That is, until my world fell apart. I had a mental breakdown and reached a place of great despair. I was suffering from anxiety, PTSD, panic attacks, and depression. I felt overwhelmed and stressed and very far away from everyone in my life, let alone God. I knew what it was like to be gasping for breath physically and need intervention. Now, two years later, I found myself unable to breathe mentally and spiritually. I needed saving of a different kind. I knew that I needed to put my health and wellness in top priority or I would not survive. In my desperation, I gave myself permission to drop everything and focus solely on recovery, put my business on hold indefinitely and reduced my commitments. I signed up for a yoga class. I signed up for a meditation class. I started seeing a mentor. I started taking a natural anti-anxiety supplement and I began practicing more clearing and empowerment tools. My first breakthrough came when my mentor pointed out that I had a limiting belief about God and invited me to do a write and burn exercise on the topic of fear of God. Writing out my feelings revealed to me the degree of separation that I had been living with most of my life. I saw that I had placed the wall between myself and God, and I was afraid of being fully seen by him. 
There's this beautiful painting by Del Parson that depicts Jesus Christ standing at a door, but the door has no handle. It illustrates the beloved scripture, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. Revelations 3.20 I began to see that there was a door between the Lord and myself, and I had been the one that put it there. He had always been on the outside knocking, but it was up to me to open the door. Occasionally I cracked open the door, but mostly I just slipped my letters underneath. When you hear the knock. Have you ever had the experience of being home, still in your pajamas, though it's long past morning, your house is a mess, you don't have makeup on, you have bedhead, things feel totally chaotic, and suddenly there's a knock at your front door. How do you react? Do you confidently go to the door and open it up and invite the person inside? What is your first thought? I have typically responded in panic. I've debated pretending I wasn't home. I've been hit with a wall of shame at the thought of being truly seen in such vulnerability, such imperfection, such a mess. I've hoped it was the UPS man already halfway back to his truck and not my perfectly has it all together neighbor dropping by for a surprise visit. I have had the same panic when I have heard the knock come from heaven. I've thought, I can't open the door. I'm a total mess and my house is a mess and I need to get everything in order first. What will he think of me if he sees me like this? So for many years, I carefully crafted my conversations with the door between us, never realizing that in his perfect love, he knocked because he desired to come in and be with me. He knocked because he desired to help clean things up and restore beauty. This wasn't a one-time visit. He intended to move right in, to live each day working together to make my world more beautiful. I believed I couldn't fully open the door until I took care of everything on the inside first. My write and burn session revealed all this to me. I suddenly began to view God in his true character, an all-knowing, all-loving, all-powerful being who loved me individually. Everything changed. The door opened wide. None of us come into a full oneness with God without first letting go of some baggage. For me, I had to let go of my belief about how God felt about me and how I felt about myself. What you believe about these two identities, who you are and who God is, is the most important thing you can clarify in your own life. Everything hinges on this understanding. Remember, Jesus already taught us the order defining our identity. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy strength and with all thy mind and love thy neighbor as thyself. Luke 10, 27. All other things he taught rest upon this foundation, but I was living the concept backward. I believe that if I did everything else in life right first, then I would feel love for myself. Then I would feel his love for me. This doesn't work. Life only works in one direction. Love comes first, and it first comes from God. 
We love him because he first loved us. 1 John 4, 19. We were not created to be perfect on our own. Removing the door between God and ourselves is the key to everything. It's the key to mending our relationships, reaching our goals, solving problems, finding truth, healing, finding peace, making the right choices, being patient, having vision, and creating a wonderful life. It's the key because this is where the power is. The power comes in unity. The power comes from the love of God in total eclipse of your own divinity. The power is his power in you. You are one. Have you experienced this power? The prophet Alma asks a similar question saying, if ye have felt to sing the song of redeeming love, I would ask, can you feel so now? Alma 5:26. Sometimes this complete alignment can feel as rare and fleeting as a total solar eclipse. With joyful conviction, I can say that I have felt this power. And at the same time, I confess to not sustaining this alignment perfectly long term. I take comfort in the Lord comparing our glory to that of the stars and the moon. We are nothing without the sun. We wax and we wane. It is by design that the universe is governed upon the same principles that guide our own progression. The planets operate in perfect obedience. We, however, do not. We don't always use our agency for our highest good. We don't always live in our true identity. It is then our responsibility to master the art of getting back on course and to learn to orbit back again to face the sun. At times, it may seem that this distance is too far to travel. Fortunately, God has made it possible for us to travel at the speed of light. Journal questions. Number one, where are you currently on this spectrum of connection to God as depicted in the pyramid graphic? Number two, have you experienced other parts of the spectrum? I hope you enjoyed chapter 10, Next Level Identity from my book, Living in Your True Identity. Discover, embrace, and develop your own divine nature. This chapter contains a graphic that is obviously unable to translate into audio format. If you'd like to see that graphic, check out the show notes of this episode on my website, brooksnow.com. Do you listen to this book and love what you hear and wonder where to start? Do you wonder how to actively practice these ideas in your own life? I invite you to take my Christian Meditation 40-Day Challenge course. Meditation is my most important practice of the day and my number one way to help me live in my true self. This one habit has changed my life. It's small and simple, but it reaps incredible rewards. But the key is consistency. That's why I love that this is a 40-day challenge. The challenge is to do it for 40 consecutive days. Starting a new habit and even more so being consistent with it can be tricky. This is why I offer every student a free buddy pass, allowing you to handpick your own friend or family member to take the course with you. You get your own accountability partner and you both do the challenge together. Two people start a new empowering practice instead of just one. If this is calling out to you, I invite you to register at the link in the show notes or find it on my website at brooksnow.com. You can do this. You are worthy. You are whole. I'm cheering you on. <laughs>